Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, Soulmates, so much in store for you on our last show of the year. Happy Friday, December 30th, the day before the day before, hence the sparkles. I lots tried of, to look really New Year's Eve-ish, right. Uh, welcome to Fox Soul's Black Report. I'm Courtney Hicks. And I'm E. Cordelide Corte. Not in sparkles, but polka dots. Uh, we take, we'll take it. We'll take it. <laughs> Today's show will feature some of our favorite stories. And since September, we have been really honored to stand That's behind right. this desk each day to take you on a journey across black America and the stories that impact our yeah. people. Pocket squares are good. You have dope pocket squares. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to bring a whole you, pocket square ministry. That's it. We're going to bring you our news, our views and our voice. But we do have some headlines to get to today uh, before we get to the best of Fox Soul's Black Republic. So let's take a look at the headlines coming your way today. Let's go to Chicago, where the Commission on Human Relations is reporting the hate crimes against black Chicagoans are up 50%. The agency received reports of 16 hate crimes against black Chicagoans as of last month, while the Chicago Police Department has received 27 anti-black hate crime reports so far uh, this year. The crime, the hate crimes are described as acts of bigotry that are committed because of the intended victim's actual or perceived membership in a particular demographic group. Officers say numbers could be higher since victims and survivors of hate crimes might choose to not report because of fear and mistrust of the police. Meanwhile, the CDC has released data showing the COVID death rate among black Americans, which was the highest in the United States for many months during the pandemic are now lower than that of white Americans. That's right, according to data analyzed by the Washington Post, as of recently, the rate of death among whites eclipsed that of other groups, except for during the Omicron surge. The switch is the result of longstanding issues of race and class that interacted with the physical and psychological toll of mass illness and death, social upheaval, public policies, and public opinion. And as we quickly approach the end of the year and remember those we've lost, many people are still shocked by the death of DJ and dancer Steven Twitch Bosma. A couple of weeks ago, Fox's LaMonica Peters joins us now after talking with mental health professionals about the alarming number of men who die by suicide each year and how we soulmates can help them. Because he's the kind of person that's such a light. He has an inspiring passion. You know, you would never realize behind all of that what was going on. For eight years, Stephen Boss, or Twitch, entertained millions on the Ellen DeGeneres show. But on Wednesday, he died by suicide at 40 years old. Boss rose to fame while competing on So You Think You Can Dance in 2008, ending as a runner-up. The CDC says men in the United States are 49% of the population, but make up nearly 80% of all suicides. Sean Barry is an associate therapist at Silicon Valley Therapy and Marriage Counseling. He says most men aren't socialized to cope with their feelings or talk about them, and the results can be devastating. In a nutshell, men don't have the support, encouragement, and skills to develop intimate relationships where they can be real and vulnerable. So they feel um, isolated, alone, and incapable of dealing with that emotional turmoil. Recent studies also show that black men in particular are dying by suicide at a higher rate than any other racial group of men. Bay Area psychologist Dr. Kathy Walters says issues of oppression, systemic racism, and generational trauma only compound the pressures that most men say they feel. Again, stigmas, right? I don't want to be seen as crazy. I don't want to be locked up. Right. And so I'm going to try to give you just enough 
that we can work with without going deep. Dr. Walters says these triggers can lead to feelings of shame, doubt, and self-loathing. If it's not addressed, a person may think the only way to heal the pain is by self-harming or suicide. What I found to be helpful is to just provide that space that feels safe, right? And allow them to talk and pretty soon and gradually, you know, they start going a little bit deeper. Suicide is the third leading cause of death for black males ages 15 to 24. If you'd like more information on suicide prevention or you simply need someone to talk to, you can dial up the national hotline at 988. LaMonica Peters, KTVU, Fox 2 News. And we thank LaMonica for that again. If you need help, that number is 988. And I like what the piece said, uh, space that feels safe mm -hmm. is what uh, meant, is what everybody really needs to, um, you know, become transparent and vulnerable and really express how you feel. And a lot of people have a tendency to think that vulnerability is, is weakness. I think it's quite the opposite to allow yourself to be vulnerable is something, is, it takes a lot of strength uh, to invite somebody in and and show them your real self where whether you know you behave it's, it's about you know something that um, you know um, insecurities or something you know past trauma but to let somebody in on that is it's a very strong act in my opinion yeah and and you know this is an issue that you know is very uh, personal very mm -hmm. close to me mm -hmm. I lost a, a brother to suicide many years ago and um, the pain never completely goes away mm -hmm. uh, but uh, what it can do is help to develop a sense of, of compassion a sense of empathy uh, for people like you've never felt before um, you know it, there are lots of expressions you know of mental illness That's and right. I think sometimes we're surprised when we see situations where folks are very high functioning right they don't look like the idea that we have in our head of, like of somebody going through mm -hmm. uh, depression mm -hmm. or somebody experiencing suicide ideation uh, and so it's important that when you see something say something mm -hmm. and one thing that we can all do is be a safe space uh, for people to unload what it is that they're feeling. I know, you know, there's plenty examples of toxic masculinity in the media mm. uh, that makes it more difficult for men to be more vulnerable and to share their feelings openly and express those feelings openly. And so what we can all do wherever our feet tread is to uh, create safe spaces for people to be themselves and, and to be their authentic selves and you know, to, to share what they're really feeling. Yep, so maybe we can add that to the New Year resolution to either be a safe uh, space or to find a safe space so we can all stay uh, mentally and physically and emotionally uh, sound this coming New Year. That's right, and before you do that, make sure to dial 988, even save it to your phone. Uh, and share it with folks uh, that might be going through something. Indeed. All right, so let's shift gears for a moment because we told you at the top of the show we wanted to get into our best of moments, some of our favorite stories since we've been here uh, the later part of uh, September, right? Yeah, that's All right, right, here we go. Did you know there's a black owned grocery store in Houston? For those familiar with the area, it's on Cypress Creek Parkway at TC Jester, and it just opened about a year ago. Fox's Damali Keith reports on the big one-year anniversary. These are some of my best sellers I have made right now. This is hibiscus. Selling everything from fresh-made juices and teas to vegan products, supplements, and spices. Of course, District Market Green Grocer also has fruits, veggies, frozen foods, and meat. We have grass-fed beef. Um, we also have uh, special oxtails, wago oxtails naturally all no no steroids no hormones anything like that all natural beef and chicken in the year since the doors to district market opened we're doing pretty well despite of the uh inflation and the gas price hikes we still are holding on although those things have caused once constant customers to cut back they're still taking a drive but before they were doing it every day now it's happening once a week once every other week all on the other side of town and uh, this store has just been a inspiration to myself. This guy is like my mentor. People in peaks and valleys are coming here from all over the area, the state, and the country. I just really appreciate the community giving me the support. Most of the products here are from black-owned businesses. Wrap snacks? Wrap snacks, <laughs> yes. Good black brand, good black brand. Uh, collaborated with them to get 
maybe the biggest selection that you can see in, in any store. Something that you're putting your heart and soul in um, is getting recognized and, and there's a place, there's a house for it. It's a beautiful thing. Black so brand. Black-owned company? Black-owned company. Okay. Yes, 1186 Water. The main thing that I have that I'm extremely proud of is our Seamoss selection. We have different breeds of CMOS, different flavors of CMOS. The next step for District Market Green Grocer is to expand into food deserts. And uh, we're going to take my company and make it available to the community to invest in shares. They can share in the dream with me. District Market owner Robert Thomas is also working on his website to develop an online store so he can start shipping products. District Market Green Grocer is open Tuesday through Saturday from 10 a.m. until 8 p.m. In Northwest Houston, I'm Domalee Keith, Fox 26 News. And we thank Domalee for bringing us that great story. The owner says he's already planning on celebrations for next year's anniversary. And let me tell you, when we first aired this story, because this, this is a best of some of our favorite stories, you know I was about to book a flight just to go get into that Seamoss uh, collection. I'm <laughs> very familiar. I love Seamoss. I, I uh, you know, make it myself. I get the, the raw Seamoss and process it myself. Uh -huh. And it contains just about all the minerals, our little bodies, crave and need and want. And so just a tablespoon, a lot of people put it in their smoothies or shakes. I just flavor it and put it on that tablespoon and knock it on out. And, you know, it tastes just like the sea. So there's an interesting taste. This is why a lot of people add it to stuff. Yeah. But it's it's amazing. Okay. It really I, is. I want to taste some of your sea moss. I'm going to bring it. I'm going, to, I'm going to tell our soulmates I'll about I'll make some over the holidays. I'll freeze it for you because you freeze it. It lasts long. If you uh, use fruit, it, it may ferment, so it, it, it affects the longevity, but you can put it in the refrigerator for about two weeks or so, but watch it because it can get a little rancid. But that's why you're supposed to eat it up and, and take it and, and, and enjoy the benefits. Oh, wow. That's wonderful. And yeah. it, what I love so much about this story, we, t we report so often on issues related to food insecurity mm -hmm. and food deserts that exist in black communities and, and communities of color across the country. Um, and this is just a powerful demonstration of somebody t making it their business to right. literally to respond to that to respond to the lack of access to uh, healthy foods. And so, you know, so often we hear that making the healthy choice the easy choice is is quite difficult. But, you know, it looks like this brother in Houston uh, has found a way to do that. Of course, healthy food can always be a bit more affordable, mm -hmm. right? You know, but we also got to look at the fact that we're investing in our health yeah. when we purchase uh, foods that are good for us and products that are good for yeah, us. Yeah, and grocery stores like that also fit under the umbrella of this whole idea of urban gardening, which we got into, and I, and I think we'll touch uh, on a story maybe a little bit later on in the show, but we're taking matters into our own hands, this food desert thing and unhealthy choices. We're, we're, we're making it happen for ourselves. That's what we have to continue to do in this new year. We love to see it, and congrats to Brother Man in Houston That's for right. doing his part to make us a healthier community. Still ahead, if you're making a little extra money on the side, it could go straight to the government. Now you know they're gonna dip in your pocket all the time. We'll tell you everything you need to know about taxable third parties when we return. You're watching Fox Soul's Black Report, the best of. Ready for this new year. That's right. Folks need to hear this. Oh, they do. They mm -hmm. really do because they've taken that money. soulmates Facebook marketplace Craigslist eBay just some of the places people go to sell things online for a little extra cash right now the IRS is eyeing that extra cash Fox's even Brown has more on what you should know ahead of tax season do you make money on goods and services by accepting payments through Zelle, PayPal, or other digital payment platforms? Or do you sell things on websites like eBay or Poshmark? If yes, listen up. You'll be paying taxes on that income next year. Professor of Accounting Anthony Basile explains. If the amount that they receive is over $600. Last year, it used to be where if you had over $20,000 in payments, or over 200 transactions, those companies were required to report it to the recipients on a Form 1099-K. Online selling is a $77 billion business here in the U.S., and the IRS wants to make sure it's getting its piece of that. The 1099-K has been used for many years for credit card processing. Now the payment platforms, the digital payment platforms, are also 
part of that rule as well. The changes now require you to operate your side gig in a more structured way, and financial experts like better qualified President Paul Oster say keep good records on everything you do with payment apps. If you send your brother $700 um, for whatever reason as a gift, that's not taxable income. This is specifically for goods and services. The truth is you were always required to report online income to the IRS. Attorney and CPA E. Martin Davidoff weighs in. For those who have not been reporting the income, you're now going to get a 1099K if you had more than $600 from various entities like you know, Venmo, PayPal, Etsy, Poshmark. This is to make sure everybody pays their fair share. A group of top online retailers, including Airbnb, eBay, and Etsy, are pushing back on this new rule. They are actively lobbying Congress to raise the reporting threshold. Experts are also suggesting selling or buying in cash to help ease the stress surrounding the new tax. And I know that for me, you know, um, you have that family and friends choice, at least on PayPal, or if you send it goods and services, they're always, already going to take something out of there. So you really have to uh, take a look at, um, you know, what they're, the, the surcharges and things of that nature. But, you know, it, this... People are just trying to supplement their income. They're just really trying, and I, and I know it's considered income, but dang, if you if you sell a pair of your old boots online, you got to send the government a little piece of it. Like, I get it, but it's like, I get it, but I, it's like. <laughs> well, you get it, but I don't get it. I mean, I, I, say, I, I wish ah. the threshold was a little higher. The mm -hmm. fact that it's it's $600, right? I mean, there are 12 months out of the year, and so even if you're just, yeah. if you're, you know, paying somebody $100 a month for, mm -hmm. a, for a service. That could easily be a barber mm -hmm. or uh, a housekeeper. Mm -hmm. uh, you, know, you know, that $600 gets paid out pretty quickly. And mm -hmm. so, you know, this is gonna affect uh, the barbers and the housekeepers, sure. you know, sure. and, you know, and the folks that may not have uh, regular checking accounts, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, remember during the, the darkest days of the pandemic, mm -hmm. uh, the quickest way to sort of move money around was on Viz Venmo mm -hmm. and Cash App and a, a, a lot of these, these uh, financial uh, apps. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, even though the darkest days of the pandemic are behind us, there's an efficiency there. Um, you know, that we've gotten used to, and now it looks like we're going to have to pay more for it because the government says, give me a piece of that. But, I mean, how long have we dealt with the government saying, give me a piece of that, no matter how little the, your piece is? You well, know what I'm saying? Well, listen, last I heard, the streets were saying, uh, give us our uh, student debt cancellation. Oh. Which is tied up in the, in the courts. Oh. You know, since everybody's asking for their piece. For their piece. Uh-huh. I don't know. We just have to pay attention as, as to how we move our money and really pay attention again to the to the fine to the fine line, the fine writing. Before you click on something, make sure you really take the time to really read it and see what's up with it. That's right. Well, we'll continue to keep our eye on that. But did you know hmm. that the Buffaloes? Did you know who the Buffalo Soldiers are? Did you know? I do. One of my favorite stories. Yes, and you oftentimes sing the Bob Marley That's song. That's right. Yes, uh-huh. Well, if not, <laughs> don't worry. Uh, Courtney's not going to sing. <laughs> not tonight. Uh, but there's a nonprofit in Detroit that's working hard to make sure that their legacy lives on. Take a look. A lot of people don't know about the Buffalo Soldiers, never heard about the Buffalo Soldiers. So what do you know about the Buffalo Soldiers? Here I am in one of two nationally recognized museums specifically on Buffalo Soldiers. In spite of their treatment, they still said, we love this country and we want to serve this country. Specifically the Buffalo Soldiers from 1866 to 1944, we kind of group almost all black military service into that Buffalo Soldier realm. They believe in what the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution said. The Buffalo Soldiers were those men who were freedmen after Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation in 1863. The Buffalo Soldiers were the only American forces that were given to a foreign command during a time of war. It's because of these men that World War I was won. Henry uh, Johnson of the Harlem Hellfighters, he was known as the Black Death. And also that World War II was won. They were placed on the front lines because they were seen as expendable. And notice everybody has chaps on. These are Mr. Jones's chaps. The museum was started by the founder, William Jones, in 2005. Mr. Jones was one of the last 1,500 enlistees until the 10th Cavalry Regiment 
1941. That's where the founder actually did his major service and he was captured in the Korean War. He also happened to be my dad. This is his retirement after 20 years and a POW, retiring from Fort Bliss, Texas. So when he passed away because of his love for the country. He wanted to maintain that history that he went through and endured for the community, to keep the community going, that history. He left the museum to tell the story of the black soldiers who served in the country. With the 10th Cavalry, which Mr. Jones was, it was ready and forward. They were always ready and they were always looking to move forward. It was not about looking back. And unfortunately, these men couldn't read or write for many, many years, so they could not articulate their story. They captured each one of the, the hills in San Juan. And it wasn't until they captured the fourth and final hill that later was Roosevelt brought up to the hill to survey the actual secure objective. So none of his units captured any of the hills during the Battle of San Juan. It was all Buffalo soldiers, but we didn't get any credit. History, bare bones fact is specific dates, specific times, specific events. It's history, it occurred. It's not a theory. We must look at American history. We must look at those who served. We must look for the next generation. That's what this story is about, American history. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm walking in the footsteps of those men that provided to uh, restore democracy in this country. It's important to try to get that history out so it can be preserved. If you'd like more information on the Buffalo Soldiers Heritage Association, visit buffalosoldiersdetroit.org. Oh, Love right. to see it. I know. Love running back these best of stories. We'll continue to do that throughout the show. That's right. Uh, taking street lessons into the classroom, how a group of men in Detroit are putting confidence into kids. Okay, Detroit. Okay. All in the effort to help end violence throughout the community. We'll take a look at this story coming up right here on Fox Soul's Black Report. We love the kids. <laughs> Welcome back. The United Nations Permanent Forum on People of African Descent came together earlier this month to talk about how government policies across the world are affecting people of African descent. That's right. Participants discussed taking definitive actions to invest in education, housing, health care, environmental issues and equal employment opportunities for people of African descent. Statements from governments and civil society groups were heard throughout the four-day event. While 900 organizations registered to submit statements, there wasn't enough time, as you can imagine, to hear them all. Forum representatives are hoping that the second session, set to take place from May 30th to June 2nd, 2023, can be extended so more statements can be taken. All right, a great step forward. So we're, it's almost hours to the end of the year. We've been on air since uh, mid-October, and so we're running back some of our favorite stories, best of. Here's another one. A former enslaved person from Texas was honored for being a trailblazer. Dr. Marcellus Clayton Cooper was enslaved in Dallas in 1862 before later becoming the state's first black dentist. Fox's Alex Boyer has more on this historic marker being set up in his honor. At a dedication ceremony at Communities Foundation of Texas in Dallas, descendants of a former Texas slave took part in a tribute to his lasting legacy. Since I am the oldest living grandson. Dr. Marcellus Cooper was born enslaved on the Carruth Farm in Dallas in 1862. On Wednesday, a historical marker was unveiled outside what is now known as the Carruth Home Place, where Cooper spent the early part of his childhood. To be honest, I never knew exactly where the plantation was. Lewis Roan is Cooper's oldest living grandson. He says Cooper's home, located off Villers Street, is still standing. All the neighbors knew of him. There were people who uh, said that they could set their clocks by him 
walking, they knew exactly what time he was going to walk by the house. Cooper's life after emancipation was remarkable. He saved up money for college by working as an elevator operator at Sanger Brothers. He later became the first licensed black dentist in the state of Texas. In March of last year, Texas A&M School of Dentistry dedicated their Dr. M.C. Cooper Dental Clinic to provide urgent and comprehensive dental care for low-income, uninsured individuals in the South Dallas community. His grandson finds that fitting. His clientele, there was no barriers. Communities Foundation of Texas manages the W.W. Carruth Jr. Fund. The organization's chief diversity, equity, and inclusion officer says it continues to accelerate the work Carruth Jr. began funding big ideas like Cooper's historical marker that have the potential for transformative impact. We're striving for a community where everyone has equitable opportunities. Equity was important to Cooper, who also co-founded Dallas's first black bank. It closed during the Depression. They didn't have FDIC at that time, and he had to sell a number of his assets. Still, generations later, the Cooper family still has its roots firmly planted in Dallas. We're a very proud family. Alex Boyer, Fox News. Wow, what a rich history there. Cooper's family say they are proud of their ancestors' strength during such difficult times. And just to to uh, bring those two stories together, how, how far we've come. And when you talk about the whole idea of, of, of black excellence and then with the story prior to, uh, the whole idea of, of, of African descent and just all of the diversity just inside of that yeah. is amazing. That's right, that's right. I mean, you're talking about the convening at the UN mm -hmm. where, you know, who knew that 21 years ago at the World Conference Against Racism, Race Discrimination, Race Discrimination, Xenophobia and Related Intolerance, that, you know, this forum would convene uh, before the, the UN, this permanent forum uh, organized by folks of African descent. When we say black people are not a monolith, I mm -hmm. think this uh, forum, this UN forum really understands that. You have folks uh, representing uh, uh, the Caribbean, representing uh, the Association of Mixed Race Irish People, representing uh, Afro-Mexicans, Black Canadians. I mean, you know, this forum understands that Black people are everywhere around the world. Um, and what was really, what really amazing is that they noted how they were inspired by mm -hmm. the 2020 protests around the, the murder of George Floyd. Uh, that rippled across the country and around the world and was omnipresent during this convening. Yeah. And I know this is the black report, but if you strip that all down, we, we all kind of come from one another. Uh, my grandmother, who's just about as black as a sweater, uh, her mother was half Irish, half Antiguan, and her mother's uh, maiden name is Lynch, uh, the Lynch family who, who live in Boston, uh, just as Irish as you, can, as you can get. And my grandmother always celebrates um, St. Patrick's Day. She is uh, 96 now. Um, um, you know, we just come from all different walks of life. And, and, and I think really that for me shows that we are connected. And yes, we're going to have, you know, cultural differences and, and disagreements. But, you know, if we can just tap into the humanity of it all and respect our differences mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and make an effort to make this place a, 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 a decent country to live for everybody to live in it. Uh, I think we'll be on the right track. And speaking of tapping into our humanity, Justin Hansford, he's director of Howard University's Thurgood Marshall Civil Rights Center. Mm -hmm. Well, he was a part of this forum, and one of the things that he said is this is, quotes, really the dream of Marcus Garvey and Malcolm X and so many people who have fought for human rights for black people for mm -hmm. generations to have this global platform to be able to take our case before the United Nations. And so mm -hmm. we're going to continue to keep our eye on this. Yeah. Um, we love to see it. It's a great story. Moving along, taking street smarts into the classroom. Well, we've reported too many stories about violence escalating between young black boys and girls, sometimes ending deadly. But it doesn't need to come to gunfire. Now, the group New Era Detroit has come up with a plan that could curb the violence. Fox's Randy Wembley with more on the program. Real men, keep their composure. 
If it's easier to build strong children than to repair broken men, then New Era Detroit is getting into the construction business. The grassroots community organizing group is zeroing in on kids with its conflict resolution program, hoping to give them the tools they need to squelch squabbles before they escalate into beefs and bloodshed. To see kids, you know, kids, children um, out here being so reckless, we have to and, and really, you know, and program them to understand that, you know, consequences first and foremost, uh, and then understanding composure. New Era Detroit spent a day working with students at John R. King Academy recently. Its founder, Zeke Williams, says conflict resolution will be one of their top priorities over the next decade. One of the biggest problems in our community uh, is one in a quick answer, a quick fix, a quick way out. Uh, and the reality is there's no quick fix. You know, it took decades upon decades for us to be in a situation that we're in now. So it's going to take time to get us up out of that situation. And technology is a part of it. Police, psychologists and activists alike have all noted the role social media often plays in spats that can turn into violence. The kind of violence that took the lives of 14 year old Joseph Nankervis. He just had the biggest smile. He was the baby of our family. And 15-year-old Robert Harris. Boy that shot my son, he's 15 years old. Same, Same age as my son. My Didn't want to throw at these, but you picked up a gun. The energy that you put out is the energy that you get back. I want y'all to repeat after New Era says it's already working with several schools in Detroit and is eager to partner with DPSCD to implement programs throughout the district. Even so, Zeke says they and other stakeholders can only do so much because the real work starts at home. Parents, we really have to look ourselves in the mirror and say, I have to do more so that my, my son, my daughter can grow up with a better mindset and a better mentality so that we won't be seeing these stories on the news where a, a 13 to 14 year old just robbed somebody or a 16 year old just did a mass shooting. New Era Detroit says this is just one way they provide organizational structure uh, for black communities, and uh, we appreciate their work. Yeah, and Randy Wembley for that story. Thanks mm -hmm. so much. The tragic passing of Chadwick Bozeman at the age of 43 was shocking and still is shocking to many, as it was difficult to imagine someone who was the picture of health and youth could die from colon cancer. Unfortunately, colon cancer in the young and African-American population is not a new occurrence. Black Americans have a higher known incidence of prostate, breast, and colon cancer. And they have the highest death rate and the shortest survival rate of any racial ethnic group for most cancers. Colon cancer is the third most commonly diagnosed cancer in both black men and women as it disproportionately affects the black community. African Americans are about 20% more likely to get colon cancer and about 40% more likely to die from it than any other ethnic groups. Also among black patients, colon cancer occurs at a higher rate below the age of 50. Modifiable risk factors include excess body weight, smoking and heavy alcohol consumption. The ethnic disparity seems to be linked with biological and socioeconomic factors such as living environment and access to screening and health insurance. Speaking of cancer, living with an illness is a struggle in itself. Then you add the mountain of medical bills and many feel as though they've lost the fight before it's even begun. Well, there's one family that's thinking outside the box when it comes to staying afloat while battling cancer. Take a look. It's an abundance <laughs> for everyone to share. We've got ducks and chickens. We've got seven chickens. What you talking about? Early girl tomato and a better boy. We garden all year long. Squash here, a labor of love and a garden of love. Five, six, eight. We've got eight okra plants. We don't have like open and closed hours. We pretty much just invite people in. Share it with the community. I helped build and fill and arrange. Being able to see literally the fruits of your labor, but not being able to get out here is, it's depressing actually. You know, I'm grieving Diamond's health and, you know, sometimes as a mom, you know, just like, just really worried about the recovery path. We're having a 
plant sale in support of Diamond's cancer treatment. Spider plants are pretty hardy for us to pay the bills, the monthly bills that we found ourselves um, incurring. <laughs> All right, thank you, dear. I have invasive ductal carcinoma stage two. It's a really aggressive cancer is it it grows really fast because it feeds off of your estrogen and progesterone so good to see I you i now understand the stress that's on families sometimes two three appointments in a day because i was trying to figure out how we were going to continue to cover the bills what do you want for a tomato plant um nine bucks and i was thinking well since i have to plant seeds for like the garden food it flowers it makes sense to plant enough with lots of loving care we can have a full-scale plant sale to help you know with those finances this is what we're doing so yeah next step radiation a five-year treatment plan i take it one moment at a time i try not to think of the long distance because it can become overwhelming when you when you're like your life is going to be on hold for five years hey <laughs> it's been difficult but at the same time we've been trying to stay in good spirits if people are looking i'm waving right. <laughs> so, I'm like, <laughs> that's the policy <laughs> so appreciative so appreciative like people overpaying for plants you know a plant seven dollars and they're handing me twenty dollars they're like hey you know or you know not buying a plant and still donating thank, thank you, you. Yeah, thank you so much. It's meant a lot. It's, I'm so appreciative. The community is all about, you know, helping people heal. I'm glad you're doing good. And that's what it says, that they, they care. <laughs> <laughs> the ladies say they will continue to host plant sales until their medical bills are paid off. This is a, uh, another very powerful demonstration mm -hmm. of the healing power mm -hmm. of community. That's right. Um, you know, certainly you got to sell a lot of plants, you know, <laughs> in order to make a big dent in the cost, uh, cost uh, that uh, have gone up in their household. But uh, the community is showing up and, you know, paying more than uh, what is being asked for per plant. And you raise uh, a great point. Make that real quick. Yeah, well, you know, I just, just standing here with Courtney and I wondered, you know, has any legislation ever been introduced uh, to, you know, make folks who are experiencing terminal illness or serious illness um, to make them tax exempt, right? Mm. Treat them like nonprofits uh, because oftentimes folks cannot work. I know they, they may right. go on disability, mm -hmm. right? But for tax purposes, what if we made, uh, you know, their families tax exempt? Uh, while they're undergoing treatment. I think that is absolutely brilliant. I just want to take a moment uh, just on our uh, dinner break. I uh, found out that my neighbor who lives directly across from us watched, watched me grow up. Me and my brothers, we've been neighbors 30 plus years, just passed of uh, breast cancer. Uh, Velma Davis, she might have been her late 60s, early 70s. So, you know, we've been bringing these reports, talking about these statistics. And yes, we know that a lot of uh, our issues have to do with the uh, medical community not serving us properly and meeting our needs. But we're also going to have to take more responsibility of our health and and we always talk about health going into the new year so let's really um, take that into account and, and hold that serious and and uh, make those shifts and those changes so we can be around as long as we're supposed to be and we'll think of miss Velma Davis yeah. we'll carry her in our hearts coming up the top orders of the year we'll tell you the food delivery system that's saying burritos are at the top of their list the top food more when we come back you're watching Fox News Black Report. You all right? Welcome back, soulmates. Okay, Grub, Grubhub. They released mm -hmm. its their 2022 delivered report to show that the country <laughs> Uh, is hungry, <laughs> more importantly, to show uh, what they've ordered the most. And burritos were number one with cheeseburgers and then cheese pizza and then pad, pad thai. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, how we, thai, how, how we yeah, say yeah. it, pad thai. <laughs> and chicken quesadilla rounding out the top five. Burritos were also the top lunch order, while tiramisu was number one among desserts. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of coffee, iced was the most preferred choice. And oat milk was the most used milk alternative. Everybody's into oat milk mm, now. It's the a little sweeter than almond milk. I guess so. The report is based on orders placed on Grubhub from January to this past November. Mm-hmm. Yum, yum. I love a good burrito. 
Uh, well, we have another feel-good story for you soulmates. One man's vision of what the world could be like is delivered from a food truck. Yum. Mm. Here's the inspiring story of Ham Hot Jones. I love this story. Another best of. <laughs> so it started way back in the, in the Midwest as a little baby boy. I was always eating them good grits and catfish. Last bite coming up. All gone, y'all. And I said, Mama, I want to make grits and catfish one day, too. Woo! Oh, I love it, man. And make the world happy when they're down and blue. So that's how it happened, man. Five years now, man, I've been knocking out hunger. Look out, hunger. You're going to taste the love, brother. Food is good. <laughs> Dancing, cooking, saying, chicken wings. Get everything that you come down here for. Welcome to Ham Hot Jones. We spread love through grub. I'd rather feed all of you. Yeah. Come on, dude, get that catfish, y'all. I love people. Woo! I love making people happy. Come on, love, hit him with the keys. And my mother always instilled into me, help people, make a difference when you can. Have a good day. I'm not a millionaire, man, but when this COVID thing hit, People was out of work. So I just said, look, if y'all need something to eat, you don't got no money, come on down, I'm gonna feed you. Don't need nothing else but just this. But also it's about the fact that right now, during a hard time, people need to smile. I'm gonna knock out that hunger, baby. <laughs> I'm trying to make the difference I can in the world. You gotta think global, but act local. Don't nothing bring people together more than some good food. As long as we love one another and do the things that we need to do, we gonna be all right. But you can come down here anytime, and you're gonna get a smile, you're gonna get some music, and everything's gonna go good. <laughs> You can come out here and feed your whole family for, you know, 25 bucks. I dropped my prices because I knew people was losing, losing work, man, and stuff like that. When you work from your heart to make a difference in the world, people feel it, man. You Sam? Sam right there. You're not Sam. Come on. It's really me just trying to feed people and give them something at a reasonable price and give them something they're missing and they need right now. I finally found my purpose in life. Soul food and soul music, baby. I wake up every day, man, with a smile on my heart going, woo! I'm gonna go knock out some hunger, you know? Woo! That's how I do it. I would say that the, the fish will bring the bliss and the fries will stop the cries. So I'm trying to knock out hunger and bring happiness one chicken wing at a time. That's all I can do. We're gonna show you some love and give you some love and feed you like family. It's all about that love, peace, and that fish grease. That's it, man. Catfish! Nothing more, nothing less. Yeah. That's what's up, brother. One more, one more, one more, one more. That's right, okay. <laughs> Love, peace, and, and fish trees. Chicken <laughs> What a great story. What a great story. And Amazing what, story. And, and a lovely reminder mm -hmm. that, you know, if you follow your heart, if you work from your heart, uh, you'll never work a day in your life. I agree. I agree. All right, let's move on to another best of a story as we've gathered them for this special edition of Fox Souls Black Report. Here's one of my faves when Ray Worthen first started the garden in his Florida neighborhood. It was full of trash and debris and the homeless who often slept there, but Worthen was determined to make the garden grow. His mission, making sure lower income residents have access to organic, locally grown produce. Daniel Knox has this story. Welcome to Infinite Zion Farms. In the heart of Paramore sits a plot of land where hope grows. This whole side here is all collard greens. Come on over here, I'll show you the mustard greens. Which some people like them, some, I'm, I'm a mustard green man myself. We harvest about 30 pounds of potatoes. This is some of our dry products, some of our rosemary, some our mango leaves. People like some pasta to grow Concord grapes out here, and we harvest 60 pounds. We have uh, about 30,000 bees out here. The brains behind this urban garden is 39-year-old Ray Worthen, who buzzes just about as fast as the bees. You make me tired. <laughs> you make me tired, right? Let me tell you a story I heard. Now yes. Tell me if it's true. Okay, all right, all right. I heard you had no electricity. Yeah, yes, ma'am. No bathrooms. No. You had nothing. We had a party. We got a porta john. That was a party. That thing was literally a party. So we got there was literally nothing, nothing here. I can show you pictures. It was literally dead space. I, think I got the visual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's literally. No, we had to put in our own power poles. And Worthen actually slept here many nights to make this garden grow. His mission making sure Paramore residents have access to organic, locally grown produce. 
I went across the street, uh, right to, to, to the, to the uh, housing unit over there, mm -hmm. and I said, what do you all want to grow here? And then Miss Gladys said, babe, I need my collard greens. Miss mm -hmm. Williams said, I need my mustards. And this garden really took hold during COVID-19. And the average income in this neighborhood is less than 20000 a year, like 17000 a year per person. Mm -hmm. And in that case, a lot, the only meal these kids ate were in school. But when there's no more school and school's out for a whole year, guess what? There's no more meals. And I have pictures of us handing out garbage bags, tall kitchen bags of produce to the community. And that's when people realize this garden is really here for us. And that's what get us gain us gain respect of the community itself. What is it about this place that gives hope? Well, they do. I always tell people crime exists out of lack of opportunity and funding. And so 40% of this garden, everything you see here from the wood structure shed was built by the homeless right back in the cul-de-sac. And before we had a bathroom, I had to ask them where to use the bathroom because uh, I didn't know where to go. His commitment made him so respected here, residents and the homeless protect this space. And it's been dubbed the Emerald of Paramore. I call them my street pharmaceutical sales representatives. They help protect the garden as well. And they say, Ray, don't worry, worry about the garden. And that's the beauty of gaining respect. And then that's when I got the name, the Black Mama Farmer. They actually gave me that name because of my work ethic. Because I'm out here, you'll see a little headlamp. You know when I'm out here at nighttime, you'll see a little headlamp floating in, floating in the garden all night. Worthen is a fifth generation farmer. It's in his blood. His great great uncle, Julius July Perry, the Akoe farmer who was murdered by a white mob 100 years ago for defending the voting rights of black residents. Worthen sees this as a continuation of his relative's legacy and the Greek proverb that says, a society grows great when someone plants a tree whose shade they will never sit in. My hope for the future is that we were able to able to minimize food deserts. I feel like you never settle. No, I, 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 it's, it's, it's just like I said. For me, I, people ask me, Ray, why to push so hard? Because the other, my other passion is also for my family and my children. Because long after I'm gone, I want my children to have the same opportunity, respect, and name put on them. So when they realize, when you say, oh, that's Ray Waters that, the Black Mama Farmers that, they're like, oh, okay, respect. Respect, indeed. Warden is, again, a fifth-generation farmer, and as you can see and heard, it is definitely in his blood. He is going to get Miss Gloria her mustards. <laughs> he going to get the mustards. Mustards. You know what? Hmm. I mean, you know, and... and, and you know, God bless the soul of his grandfather. Yes, I mean, you know, July. those roots run deep. Yeah. And as I listen to that story, I can't help but think about the preamble to our U.S. Constitution. We, the people, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice. Mm. Well, that's what he's doing in his community through this garden. He's establishing justice. And he's a part of a long line of people that are establishing justice in this community by making healthy foods available uh, and therefore contributing to the longevity of folks in that community. What a very noble work that he is doing there in Florida. It is amazing, and that's why it was one of our best ofs as we'll continue to uh, mm -hmm. make sure we bring you those stories throughout this special edition of Fox Souls Black Report. Real quick as we, um, you know, gather for the holidays and get into get into the menu, uh, mustard or collards? Both. Both? Yes. Okay. I love a mixed green situation. You do? I, I like I, it in my salads and I like it with my greens. I like collards kind of uh, like the raw collard salad uh -huh. and you, and you kind of oil it up so it kind of eases the, the collard. I could, and, but it, I can handle it being bitter, but for heated up greens, yeah. I need mustard. Uh -huh. Like for cooked greens with like uh, smoked turkey, I need, I need mustard. The collards just still stay a little too bitter for me. Mm. But I guess if you know what you're doing, some people do a little little salt to meet the, as meet the bitterness. As long as Not, you slice uh, your sugar, greens. Sugar, sugar. Don't rip your greens. Slice your greens, people. Slice like, your like greens. Yeah, still yeah, ahead. Yeah. We're still giving you our favorite moments of the year. We'll introduce you to the first female who, who will be in space uh, for some months when we come back. Stay close. Foxo's Black Report. Slice your greens. And then use a little sugar to... Just a little bit. Right, soulmates. Now, this is some black excellence. <laughs> NASA astronaut Jessica Watkins is set to become the first black Ooh. woman to live and work on the International Space Station for an extended mission. Okay, here's another one of the best of. This is Watkins' first trip to space following her selection as an astronaut back in 2017. Let's meet this incredible young lady. Let's take a look. 
A dream feels like a big, faraway goal that's going to be difficult to achieve and something that you might achieve much later in life. But in reality, what a dream is or a dream realized is, is just putting one foot in front of the other on a daily basis. And if you put enough of those footprints together, eventually they become a path towards your dreams. My name is Jessica Watkins, and my fellow astronauts would describe me as a rock nerd, endearingly, as what I tell myself at least. One of the things that I enjoy the most about geology intellectually is you kind of function as a detective. You're looking at different puzzle pieces, you know, all kind of in different places, and you're, you're trying to bring those puzzle pieces together to get a full story, a full history of what has happened in a particular place. For me, as somebody who was really interested in the planets, geology provided a means for me to study the surface of another planet, and particularly look at Mars, which was my passion, was just super exciting to me. In college, uh, I was lucky enough to get the opportunity to learn to play rugby. It was one of the best opportunities in my life, getting to play with the e-rugby team at Stanford and play in national championships and even win one. I think one of the biggest lessons that I take away from my rugby career is the importance of teamwork. Rugby in particular has positions that are all suited to different types of body types, different strengths um, that people bring to the table. And I think that is not unlike our team here at NASA, where everybody comes and brings their different strengths, their different expertise to form a powerful and winning team. This endeavor to go to the moon is going to be hard is not something that we can do individually. It's not something that we can do on our own. And I think especially in these times, it's really important for us to recognize how much we need each other and the importance of coming together for one goal. And I think that going back to the moon really embodies that. This is Mission Control Houston. We are now processing a telemetry from the Orion space. What an incredible story! Oh, I'm so excited about that story. It's exciting, and she looks like a baby. Oh my goodness, Amazing. Dr. Jessica Watkins, hat tip to you. Absolutely, uh, for, for taking us way out yonder mm -hmm. into the universe and beyond. Yeah, speaking of beyond, yes. we're just about ready to, to, to go beyond and, <laughs> and, and get into a new year, 2023. You're right, yeah. and, you, and you know what? What? It takes a village oh. to produce a Fox Soul Black Report. Mm -hmm. uh, I know every day you all see the folks whose names are on the credits, but we really want to amplify yeah. sort of the people that are right here in Detroit that really make all of the moving pieces right. come together. So we made you. a list. So are you, who are you going to do? Well, I want to thank, you know, our, our team of producers, you know, Aaron, Amos, Anitra Gaines, Lauren Williams, uh, AKA Bobby Pin. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. I also want to thank uh, some of our stagehands, uh, Z and Christopher and uh, Bobby and Mary and Kim. Uh, and our editor extraordinaire and jib cam operator, uh, Troy. I really want to thank the team here over at WJBK in Detroit for supporting this show in so many ways. I Who think else? You, you, well, I think you did everybody. Oh. You, did, you missed Ryan though, Ryan Price. And Vito. And Vito, and Mary and Kim and Chris. Yes. And, and Lawrence and Brian and Talon and Bobby! And all of you. <laughs> Thanks to all of our soulmates for watching. Happy New Year. Until next year, stay, stay lifted. lifted.